The government's idea for a national cycleway stemmed from February's job summit, with $50 million put aside to kickstart the idea. Seven tracks have already been given funding, but that has been criticised by the opposition for not providing the promised level of employment. But in the small communities where these cycleways will be built, Monique Devereux finds there is plenty of vision about what's happening. Every year, thousands of people take to their bikes and enjoy the great open spaces that New Zealand has to offer. Now the government wants to help more people do just that. It's become known as John Key's Pet Project, something he hopes will create jobs as well as foster a burgeoning brand of tourism. The first sections of the New Zealand Cycleway are already in preparation, using a small slice of the $50 million pie which the government has pledged to make available. The Prime Minister, John Key, announced those seven quick-start projects over a month ago at this year's local government conference, where he emphasised the need for local government to play an important role to ensure the New Zealand Cycleway is a success. Today we've embarked on the first stage of rolling out the New Zealand Cycleway. Uh, start with seven quick-start projects, which involve 21 mayors or chairpersons as they've uh, clubbed together to get some projects off the ground. It's our aim that those projects will start uh, this summer. Uh, it's an allocation of nine million of the $50 million uh, that's been allocated to the New Zealand Cycleway. I think it's fair to say there's been an enormous amount of goodwill from the councils around the country and a lot of excitement. Uh, they've come together and put quite a number of proposals on the table. Uh, they general, generally involve uh, some resources from the New Zealand Cycleway Fund, part of that $50 million, and often include a contribution from the, either the local council or maybe the Department of Conservation or ultimately uh, often community trusts and the like. So it's, it's usually a partnership between central and local government. At the bureaucratic coalface, making this project a success has not come without its initial wobbles. The National Cycleway itself was an idea that stemmed from February's job summit, so the announcement of the quick start tracks and the 280 jobs that hoped to create was an easy target for the opposition. Labour leader Phil Goff. Well the cycleway was meant to be about jobs. At the job summit the Prime Minister said 3,700 jobs, uh, now it's 280. That's about the same number of jobs that we lose each day according to the Household Labour Force survey. It's obviously not enough. Well, it is a starting point, of course, and uh, whatever other reasons uh, might be in favour of cycleways, job creation clearly isn't a big output. 280 jobs initially, uh, the same number of jobs that we're losing each and every day, according to government statistics. The opposition's criticism has not been John Key's only hurdle as he pushes the cycleway concept. Even his own Deputy Prime Minister Bill English has been publicly sceptical of the amount of funding Mr Key committed to the idea. But delve deeper into the small communities that will be the ones to benefit from these projects and you find a very different opinion. Sue Morrison is the Mayor of Ruapehu District, one of the regions that has won initial funding from the first phase of the Cycleway Fund. She says her region's two tracks already existed as walking tracks and only needed basic tweaking to meet the required cycling standard. She hopes they will boost the number of cycle tourists that visit annually and that will make a huge difference for everyone in the community. We probably get about 2,000, so we're hoping that's going to creep up to 8,000, 10,000. And, you know, the um, tourist dollars that it's going to generate, that's big for us. We've had a lot of... Uh 
downturn in our region. Unfortunately, the freezing works closed down and the rail closed downsized and the hospital downsized, so it was pretty grim. But this is just going to inject a whole lot of positive and confidence in the whole communities. While the Ruapehu district has its money in the bank and its construction underway, many other regions are still hoping for a slice of that $50 million fund. But those behind the various cycleway projects say the government funding is really only a bonus and that their visions for new tourism ventures were in place long before John Key announced his grand job creation plan. One such region is the Grey District on the west coast of the South Island, where plans for a coastal cycle track are well underway. Mayor Tony Cockshorn explains. Right, we're at the mouth of the Grey River now, at the notorious tipheads where there were 45 shipwrecks, that's just over there. And if you look right south on those tipheads, you can see Mount Cook and Tasman right out to the right there. They look spectacular with the Southern Alps running right round as a backdrop. But the coastal cycleway will start right here where we stand. We'll make a car park in this area. The high schools of the area will get in and landscape all of this area as their stage one. And then the cycleway will run right just on the just over the past the high tide mark, as you see. And the high tide mark is always where you see the beechwood. So just the inland side of the beechwood, and that'll run all the way down to the Turamakau River, which will be fantastic. Tony Cockshorn says although the proposal is in and he's hopeful it will be awarded New Zealand cycleway funding, the track is not reliant on it. Just our section in the Grey District here is $3.4 million, but we are quite confident that we will get a roading subsidy because it's a cycleway, and we've applied for that and they've already told us that they would take it in as a roading subsidy. Now, our subsidy here on the West Coast is 72%. So that's 72% of $3.4 million, which is a great kick-off for it. So if John Key's fund supplied the balance, we can push the go button. We are being realistic. We don't expect to be funded entirely. I think when you take $50 million in the context of New Zealand, it's not a lot of money. But, you know, if we got a third or something like that of the amount that we are planning, I think it's a good kickstart for it. So we're in there and I'm, I'm extremely confident that we will get ours because it's such a uh, point of difference as against the other tracks around New Zealand. Not far down State Highway 6 is another project that may eventually link back to the Greymouth leg. It was also well underway before John Key's cycleway idea was announced. Mike Keenan from the Westland District Council is one of the instigators of what will be known as the Ruatapu to Ross track and he has a firm vision of what it could do for his community. We see the potential with the cycleway because it takes it starts from Greymouth along the coastal pathway and it ends up down at Ross and it's about 125 k's in distance and we're looking at, uh, we worked out there'd be 28 new businesses that could actually generate from this uh, cycleway and and we're looking to make it comfortable and easy, is a key word, for people from the age of 40 to 70 years of age. And uh, we've looked at the module of Central Otago Rail Trail, and uh, we thought that our scenery is you know, equally as, uh, as good as what theirs is. And some of the history that's involved, we looked at some of the old... Uh, pack tracks, uh, tram lines and everything else and it's off the beaten track which is something that you know coasters perhaps never seen themselves so a great opportunity for people you know to even go and have a look at these trails. Part of the track is all but completed. Currently we're standing on the first undecked bridge and there's a fair few creeks 
from uh, Ruatap to Ross. It's right next door to what they call the Total Lagoon where there's a lot of bird life here and pretty handy or pretty close to the, the Tasman Sea. So a lot of these creeks have got a bit of water in it at times and they go through to the Total Lagoon. They just need to get some decking on this bridge and um, put some sides up to make it uh, worthy for people to actually use and utilise. This landscape that you've got here is very attractive you know you're sort of in a real wilderness area really and when you get down a little bit further from this undecked bridge here there's a lot of wetlands and I think you know when you you travel through things I mean there's you know with the old cabbage trees and the flaxes and further down there's you know the lagoon opens up to a great variety of bird life so it's fantastic. In a, in a lovely day, in a lovely view, you could actually look at Mount Cook and Mount Tasman, but it's a little bit foggy today with a little bit of sea mist. But straight ahead, I mean, you can just see a little bit of the, the white there down the bottom of it. But on a perfect day, I mean, we're in God's own, really, and you know, it'd be fantastic to bike through here. Mike Keenan is hopeful that segment of the track will be open by summer. Just as the government did before announcing the New Zealand cycleway, Mike Keenan and Tony Cockshorn's proposals look to the Otago Rail Trail for inspiration. With thousands of cycle tourists completing the ride every year, it has become the poster track for cycle tourism. Close on its heels in terms of popularity is the Christchurch to Little River Rail Trail, which begins just a few blocks from the busy Hornby shopping mall on the western outskirts of the city and heads out to Banks Peninsula via Motukurara and Lake Ellesmere. The trail is still expanding, with its new section opening this week, which means cyclists can now travel off the road from Hornby to Lincoln. It starts here on Shans Road, which really isn't that far from the busy State Highway 1 in Hornby, and it turns onto Marsh Road before making its first contact with the old railway lines that make this the Little River Rail Trail. At the moment there's still a yet-to-be-completed section between Lincoln Township and Mochikarara, but once you're at Mochikarara, the fun really begins. Chris Freer has been involved with the project since its inception and is now the chair of the Rail Trail Trust. Mr Freer says its growing popularity and the well-documented success of the Otago Rail Trail is proof that the wider New Zealand community is keen and willing to get behind cycleway projects regardless of where the funding comes from. And he says while the $50 million the government has allocated to the New Zealand Cycleway does not seem much, it's an excellent leverage for communities with cycle plans in mind. Whilst it, it's not, a, if you actually start spending it on track or whatever, it's not a lot of money, but if you spend it on just the seeding of those ideas, so it might just be a coordinator, you know, somebody who can actually make this their day job for a period of time and, and get all the bits of uh, paperwork and, and the various groups aligned, then, yeah, you've got potential to open up great, great swaths of trail uh, up and down the countryside. And, you know, the, they are community assets that really do get used. I mean, you know, our one has, you know, say 50,000 people a year working on, on different parts of it and uh, small trips along part of it. There'll be kids riding into the high school at Lincoln, there'll be people riding to the sports fields to, to do their little bit and they may only use you know one or two kilometres of, of trail but uh, they will be very heavily used. The, the enthusiasm's there, it just needs to be coordinated and, and unlocked and that also means that you need to be able to access uh, the kind of the genuine funds that sit around this. I mean, we have uh, road transport funding 
you know, is, is huge, multi, you know, billions of dollars that, that goes into road transport. It's actually called land transport, but all the funding at the moment right. disappears into roads. And so it's a case of the seeding over here unlocking some of those mechanisms and recognising that this is actually a very cost-effective form of land transport. In, in roading budgets, we're talking very small amounts of money for, for very large benefits. The catchphrase for this trail is hike it, bike it, like it, and many people do just that every year. This is the longest running segment of the track and it covers 20 kilometres. It takes the rider along the edge of Tiwaihura, which is Lake Ellesmere, for an up-close and personal experience with nature. Cycling this part is beautiful. There's a causeway so you travel not quite on the mainland and not quite in the lake, but it's completely separated from the state highway, so it gives you a really unique cycling experience. To start off from Mochikarara, head through this gate and over the stock grate. And you can get on your bike and start off. We're starting through a paddock of sheep. I'm actually sharing the track with a ewe and a couple of spring lambs at the moment. The track itself is covered in clay and gravel. A little bit bumpy if you're not used to it, of course. This section from Mochikarara to Boodling's Flat was the very first to be open to the public on the Little River Rail Trail. It's about 13 kilometres along through those paddocks and the edge of Te Waihora, Lake Ellesmere. Being a rail trail, of course, that means the embankment that you're riding along is raised a little bit higher as that's where the rail tracks used to go. Now if you stop along this causeway section and take a look behind you, you look along Lake Ellesmere, Te Waihora, out to the Southern Alps, which today have big dark clouds over them, but you can see the snow-capped mountains. It's quite spectacular. The last three kilometres of this track into Little River sort of starts at Catton's Bay. It's a bit more sheltered from the wind, which makes it easier going. And it travels along the road for quite a bit before swinging in behind a paddock. And not too far up ahead is Little River Township itself, which used to be nothing more than just a service station and a dairy. But since this section of the rail trail has become so popular, it's difficult not to find the little town bustling with people. There's two cafes, art gallery and the lure of a cup of tea and a sit down, which I'm sure I wouldn't be the only one getting to this stage of the journey with that in mind. There is an issue at the conclusion of the rail trail, getting from the track end into the township itself. How to close that gap of 300 metres is hotly debated. Craig Cameron runs the Little River Cafe. Along with other business people, he favours the rail trail continuing along the river and crossing the road opposite his business. Others want to use part of the state highway, which Mr Cameron believes is dangerous. It's hard to explain, really. It's caused a lot of division, really. Um, I think they think we're trying to feather our own nest by bringing it in to where it comes in, but it's a logical, logical way to bring it in, really. It doesn't exactly follow the old trail, but... It's the safest way. Yeah. 
trans, uh, transit won't bring the speed limit down to 50 k's, they want to keep it at 70 and it's a, quite a busy place during summer, there's people everywhere and cars parked on the road so maybe if they brought it down to 50 it could come along the road but it's not going to. That debate is working through the council regulatory process and a solution may take some time. Regardless, the Little River Rail Trail is an easy track, enjoyed by all ages. On the day I was cycling, I met Roy and Ken, who favour its gentle course. I think we were on the best part of it, from uh, Kaituna Quarry through Birdlings Flat to here. Ken uh, came on this um, well, about three months ago, was yes. it, Ken? So Roy's got me into cycling again. Cycled overseas a lot and uh, had a big bike ride in Scandinavia last year and when I came home I had a big heart operation, my uh, aorta dissected, caused a stroke and God knows what and about three months ago uh, Ken uh, brought me out here to rehabilitate, what is the word? Yeah, rehabilitate, yeah. (coughs) My cycling. So uh, he got the bug too. Best part of the trip is coffee at Little River, so that's where we're heading now. Bike riders are very keen on coffee stops. So if you've cycled a lot overseas and you'll be familiar with cycleway projects everywhere else, but do you think that the New Zealand cycleway project the government's got in mind is, is a good thing? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, as far as cycle touring go, New Zealand hasn't done uh, very much for overseas people who want to come here. So I think that's going to be uh, a great opportunity. So it's sort of up to communities to do their thing. While there are plenty of cycle track proposals well underway across the country, there are just as many that have been kick-started because of the government's pledge to help with funding. In mid-Canterbury, Ashburton District Tourism's General Manager Nigel Burt has herded various groups together to come up with a proposal that would make use of the facilities that are well used in the ski season but often left empty over summer. We had a meeting recently where we got all those interested parties together in one room and we've come up with sort of a loop that goes from Rakaia up to the RDR on the um, banks of the Rakaia River and then through past Methven and then up towards the foothills where we've got a lot of sort of key historic and recreational features um, through Alford Forest and Stavely and Mount Summers and then back down to Ashburton and down towards Lakehood. So with that meeting we all sort of agreed on a single proposed route that everyone thought was feasible and and the reason we're driving this along is a lot of the infrastructure is already in place in our district so we've got the canal, we've got the stop banks of the rivers, um, a whole lot of that expense saving stuff, Mm -hmm. the, the large expense such as earthworks and bridges is already in place so it's just a case of linking it together. Just like on the West Coast, Nigel Burt says that government funding is not seen as essential for the Mid-Canterbury track to go ahead. Within our area, we're, we're pretty confident. You know, it'd be lovely to tap into some of this government stuff, but at the same time, there's a high amount of motivation there for people who've seen the vision now and they actually want to get in there and, and make sure that they can create this, this as a cycleway for our district regardless of whether it's part of the National Cycleway or not. The announcements actually just triggered people into a scenario where they've gone, well now's a good time, there might be some money to get to help us develop this and it's sort of given people a deadline to act to. But just as there are many who hope to secure the specialist cycleway funding, there are also projects underway across New Zealand that are completely separate from it altogether, and those initiatives are based solely on the popularity of cycle tourism.
Figures from the Ministry of Tourism to the end of March show that 51,000 international tourists participated in a cycling activity while in New Zealand. These tourists each spend an average of just over $4,000 while in the country, which the ministry says is over one and a half times more than the average international tourist. Tourists who cycle here are most likely to be Swiss or from the Netherlands. They also stay longer, on average spending 45 nights in New Zealand compared to the average 21 nights for other tourists, and they visit twice as many places. Many head for the west coast, keen to see the Fox and Franz Josef glaciers. These are two of New Zealand's most popular tourist attractions, and both are currently easily accessible by road. But the popularity of walkers and cyclists along that road has prompted the Department of Conservation to add another dimension to the glacier experience. Joe McPherson is the area manager for the department, based in Fox Glacier. This is the Minnehaha Walk, and this is a, a good old local um, walk. A lot, of, a lot of the locals use this, and we want to try and keep. We'll keep this old Minnehaha Walk, and we'll construct a new pedestrian cycleway just parallel to the main highway here. But this is an old forest on old moraine, so this is all old glacial moraine forest here. And just further up here, the track will just deviate off, and it will go and up where this marker is. Shall we have a wander? Might as well. Have gumboots will travel. So the um the track will just carry on through here. We've marked it all the way similar to what you see here. And the alignment that's been picked is pretty neat actually. It goes through some incredibly old ancient forest, you know, sort of thousand year old protocarp forest. And um, there's an area in here about Oh, probably a quarter of an hour away, which we're calling, we're just locally calling the cathedral at the moment. It's got some pretty fantastic, massive old tree roots and sort of amongst the old rata trees. It's quite fantastic. There'll be a couple of areas where it goes out onto the glacier access road itself, but they're fairly short sections. The distance is around, it was just over three kilometres. So it's, it's not a straight line, it's meandering through the bush and we've picked the best line possible that'll, you know, give people a pretty neat experience. Adding these types of rides to the mix is what Green Party MP Kevin Haig hopes will eventually happen right across New Zealand. He has been given the responsibility of helping to create the New Zealand cycleway and has a grand vision of his own. I'm one of these people that spends my holidays riding bikes and back in 2003 I had a couple of months on the National Cycle Network in Britain and we spent, I guess, two to three months connecting up different parts of that network in rural areas and urban areas and eventually did a Land's End to John O'Groats length of the country ride. It was a fantastic experience and we came away from that thinking, well, this is exactly what we need in New Zealand. The New Zealand Cycleway will never be as simplistic as a linked track that travels from the top of the North Island to the bottom of the South but even the small amount of funding it is offering is enough to foster enthusiasm that those involved in individual projects believe will turn the overall concept into a reality. Westland's Mike Keenan is quite confident that is the case, based on the reaction in his community alone. We thought we'd won lotto. It was so exciting that we'd actually gone through about three or four maps to actually look at where we could actually put the trail, 
then it changed the perspective of where we could actually go a little bit further. And we thought if the government could actually give us some money to upgrade these tracks to the standards that's required, we thought we would take these people for a real wilderness area. And, you know, we've looked at the areas that we've actually looked at and they thought they were just fantastic, you know. I've taken a few people out to show them up at Kawaka, up at Milltown, Lake Canary area, and, and they just fascinated to think that it was there, you know, and locals haven't seen some of these areas. So if the locals think it's very good, I can imagine what the tourists, it's just mind-boggling to think that the opportunities are there for regions like the West Coast who could actually get in up to about 10,000 people that would come and do a proportion of the track uh, on a yearly basis here. There is evidence of that enthusiasm right across the country. This morning, the Christchurch to Little River Rail Trail will open its Hornby to Prebleton section and, weather permitting, plenty of enthusiasts are expected to turn up. Chris Freer says that will link to the already popular Prebleton to Lincoln section. It's only seven kilometres. Uh, we have 40,000 people a year using that. You can't go along that uh, section of trail at any time of the day or night and not find somebody going for a run, walking their dog, kids biking down to get an ice cream privilege. You know, it, it's uh, seen a huge amount of usage and uh, that really has been the turning point for us in sort of understanding that these things really do work and that there is a large latent demand that you know, you, people can tap into and it's that realisation uh, that I think the other projects around the countryside that are starting to um, pop up have, have looked at. I mean, Central Otago was first, we leveraged off very much what they'd learned and now there are a large number of uh, trails being talked about that uh, and, and worked on. And those regions keen to start their own cycleways but who missed out on the first round of cycleway funding allocations will have their chance shortly. Phase two of the New Zealand Cycleway project is underway and the funding process will be announced next week. That insight was written and presented by Monique Devereaux. Technical production was by Leanne Smith and it was produced by Sue Ingram.